0: Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is The Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallan and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to The Culture Corner here with Bonnie and Brian. We're having such a good time, and o- honestly, I'm so excited for this pilot. Basically, this is a pilot episode yep. for our new format, and so we have so much to talk about, and I want to introduce artist, filmmaker um, Tyson Knight. Hey, are you there? Hey, how you guys doing? How hey. you doing, Bonnie?
2: Hey, Tyson. So glad to talk to you again.
1: Uh, likewise. Likewise. Go ahead. Go ahead. So
2: um, I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to check up what I know you're always running around doing all kinds of new stuff. What's your latest what what's your latest project you've been working on?
3: Well, actually, uh, I just finished the, um a wall mural last night for a business downtown uh, Palm Springs, a new business that's opening up. But um, one of the biggest projects I was working on downtown is the uh, bench pilot project. Um, you know, I had I had painted the benches last year. And it was a test pilot for last year, and they renewed it. So I had uh, nine artists do 10 more benches, and we finished that about uh, about three weeks ago. And um, so you'll see, if you go downtown, you'll see uh, not nine different artists' uh, interpretation on the benches. So it's an extension from the bench project I did last year. And uh, it was so well-received again that we're actually going to start in about two weeks. We're going to start uh, 17 more benches downtown.
2: What, now, who 16
3: are different artists?
2: Who are, who are these other artists? Where do you find those?
3: Well, what we do is with the Palm Springs Public Art Commission, we put out a uh, artist call and we'll take in submissions from artists and then uh, we'll go from there and you know pick the best uh, the, the benches we think artists we think that are the best, and we narrow it down and then we try to place them in front of the business that kind of uh, correlates with the bench it kind of ties the, the business with the bench and try to match each artist up with the particular bench uh, I mean sorry, the particular store they're going to be in front of. So um, we just uh, had a submissions and we got about 60 submissions. So we narrowed it down to uh, 17 uh, artists for this round. So, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Excellent. You know, I, I actually am on your website right now, so I actually have a really um, – I, I actually really love your work on here. I just love the usage of color, and especially on a lot of these people like Judy Garland and Frida Kahlo. So my question is, now, I know sometimes we have to do work – for commission or anything like that, or we're getting we're kind of um, brought into a project, right? You know that might not necessarily mm-hmm. been something. But what made you paint these particular icons like Frida Carlo, Jean Michel Basquiat, uh, Judy Garland, Andy Warhol? Why why these particular people for your work? I'm kind of curious.
3: Well, the the artists, the artists of that that bunch, you know, Basquiat, Keith Haring, Andy Warhol, they're some of my biggest inspirations. They're one of the reasons why I was so um, impacted by art and wanted to be an artist. So that's why they were tied into that uh, particular project. Now, when we first started that street bench project project with the city last year, they they came up with the theme of icons. So we actually uh, had a list of maybe uh, 20, 25 different icons and they dwindled down to the ones that you see on the benches. So I had, a, um, I had a, to pick some, the uh, commission picked and the main street merchants, which was the part of that project, some of the stores downtown and the city actually dwindled down to those particular icons. Uh, I think Julie Garland, uh, daughter lived here and I think, you know, um, uh, Lucille Ball had some type of ties to Palm Springs. So that's why those two made it on the list. And uh, Frida Kahlo was added in. Marilyn, actually, Marilyn Monroe was supposed to be where Frida Kahlo is, but at the at the last minute, they swapped out Marilyn Monroe for Frida Kahlo. So I think, you know, so that's kind of how that um, series of icons came about. That was just something that was uh, a brainchild of the Palm Street Art Commission. And with my input and the city's input, we were able to narrow down to those particular icons.
1: You know, that's actually pretty cool that we you went from Marilyn Monroe to Frida Kahlo because honestly, like... Even though Marilyn Monroe is kind of strangely tied into Pond Springs because we used to have this statue here, it's actually pretty mm-hmm. refreshing to hear that they actually that eventually it was decided to do Frida Carlo because she is a remarkable artist and a remarkable Absolutely. human. And she fits so many intersections. She's Latina. She's mm-hmm. well, I guess you can say Latina, you could also assume woman too. I was gonna say she's a woman, but I think I said that <laughs> <Yeah>. twice. <laughs> and <laughs> <So she's good. laughs> disa- disability icon. So for me, it's like for me, Pond Springs, to see those faces, it's. I think it's important. Um, it's really important yes. to see different types of faces, and mm-hmm. especially since I think we underestimate our Latino community in Pond Springs, we have a really yes. big one, and Absolutely. a strong Black community as well, mm-hmm. so to see these faces, mm-hmm. I really, I actually really appreciate that, because it's important, it's important to see faces like yours, and the Absolutely. fact that Frida Carlo herself, you know, her story has been kind of like um, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say whitewash would be the better way to say it. Wasn't she well, in a
2: horrible accident, car accident, or yeah. bus accident, or something?
1: Yeah, and something she, something to that effect. Yeah, and she was also. Remarkably, a very radical communist So it was kind of an. Mm-hmm. She has a very fascinating story. So to see someone who isn't traditionally like an a Pond Springs icon, as they would say, in the traditional sense, yeah, yeah, be represented. I think that's pretty awesome, yeah. and I gotta commend, uh, commend, that decision. Honestly,
3: so uh, I I appreciate that, man. I thought it, I thought it was very important for some uh, for diversity, mm-hmm. and um, just to show you know different you know aspects of our community and and the beauty and the positivity that. We all can contribute to our society, so I thought it was very important. So I appreciate that you appreciate that for sure. <laughs> so
2: Tyson, I want to ask you about you know it's uh, we can't do a show like this without it's somewhat addressing what the heck's going on in this country right now, yes. and mm-hmm. art. We were talking earlier about art, theater, music, whatever, is so important even more important i think when a country's in turmoil be partly for Mm. it's an escape to a certain degree it's something beautiful we can focus on instead of the ugliness that's going on but it also can make a statement a a political statement how has your art changed at all over like especially the last year with everything we're dealing with the pandemic and race relations and the economy and all the horrible stuff we're dealing with
3: um you know i think my art is i'll say that um Based on where we are as a country, the temperature of the country, I think my art has been enhanced. Mm-hmm. I think uh, before, you know, the pandemic and we was having a lot of, you know, racial tensions and our country was divided, my art was kind of going in that direction as far as, like, you know, I, meant, you know, I mentor uh, troubled teens.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: I mentor in the school system. So I always thought it was very important um, to show um, a positive African-American man doing positive things in the community. And also, not just an African-American man, but actually an American um, that's doing something positive in the community. So mm-hmm. I feel as though um, when it comes to uh, uh, like race relations and, and the division, I try to keep myself in a, in, a, in a perspective where I can respect both sides, and i can I can have you know a variety of different friends and and just always make sure that I lend a helping hand and help whoever needs help, um if you're for the left or the right, or whatever your you know your you know your, your ideologies are. Um, I try to be fair with people and just kind of have empathy for people as well To try to understand why they come from um, their particular uh, ideology and, and things of that nature. I, don't, I think it's, it's not really uh, productive when if I feel a different way from someone else and we, and we have a common bond with friends that I get into this back and forth with them where it could turn into a negative mm-hmm. and I get alienated from um, some of the people that I care about, you know. And, and, and so I just think it's very important that we're able to agree to disagree Mm-hmm. And as long as it doesn't go to a point where your ideology or what you're thinking or uh, harms anyone, I think that it, it's it, we can have disagreement and verbiage. Um, I think as far as my artwork, I think that I, I wake up every day and I I make sure that I put as much positivity out there in the world that I possibly can. Um, you know, some people, you know, some people see see me as the African-American male being a positive and productive. If that, that helps work, if that helps for a segment of people that gives them inspiration, I'm fine with that but my main goal is to make sure that i inspire everyone Mm
4: -hmm.
3: um so i you know just just, i'm just blessed and i'm just thankful that i'm able to use art um in a productive way in such divisive times and you know with the coronavirus as well yeah Yeah. you know a lot of people are um, out of work and um it's just it's just a really really trying time 2020 i mean so many things have have happened in this year so i think that this is a year that um we're gonna get through, and then you know we, we're gonna try to heal this country and hopefully move forward. So I'm just excited to, um, hopefully, and 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 that we're able to um, get out, get on the other side of this thing, and just really, really depend on each other and love each other and disrespect each other, regardless of background, you know, race, uh, what what have you. Um, I think we all find a common bond and, and a common ground because really, what the, the coronavirus has showed me is that. It doesn't matter really who you are. At in the end of the day, we're all American. We all were affected.
2: Abs- and we're all human. Yeah.
3: And we're all human. And we all were affected. So I think that um, we're moving in the right direction. I think that it just, we just hit a tipping point where it was always things like that was always pushed under the rug, like racial relations and certain things. And well, we, we didn't deal with them. We kind of surf- surfacely dealt with them. But I think the pandemic made us take a really hard look at uh, what was in front of us, and I think this is just kind of like the boiling point, and and I think that we'll get on the other side of this, yeah. In
1: the time being, you know, it's one in, of those, in the near future. You know, it's one of those things, like you said, it's always been there. It's just that it's yeah. right now in it's our out face, out in the open, yeah. And yes. Yes. And, and it's better for <laughs> us to have a moment of reckoning to kind of realize, okay, we, I, it's, we have to have these conversations now. We have to. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to go away. Absolutely. We got to discuss no. it. Yeah. No. And I, Adam, I, yes. And the one thing I really liked about what you said earlier was that uh, funny enough, it go- kind of plays into something me and my brother talked about yesterday, where someone uh, kind of told my brother he needs to do more for the Latino community because we're both Latino. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I said to him, well, the fact that we're both in school and we're thriving is doing something for mm-hmm. our but, community. And I think, that alone. Yeah. And the fact mm-hmm. is Absolutely. that you don't have to always do something active in your community. But if you're, let's say, a person of color, yes. if you thrive, that's already yes. one step further than any than a lot of people now some people won't have the opportunity to thrive as well but I think mm-hmm. it's important to try to be as much of an idol productive mentor. and mentor
2: any way absolutely. you can yeah, yeah.
1: Like absolutely so, someone to 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 inspire but I was gonna say like you said you work with a lot of trouble youth now is mm-hmm. the Tyson Knight scholarship fun, um fund that's part of your um mentorship mentorship and all that for trouble youth yeah. right
3: well, no. That's actually well. That's kind of part of my mentorship. It kind of it was a brainchild from my mentorship. But I wanted to uh, do more because it, it, how I came up with that with, with the, to start my scholarship fund was I had a student that I was mentoring, and they had a chance to go to a uh, art college, but they didn't have enough money to go, so they had to go to um, College of the Desert. So I said, man, I you know I, I that's a great opportunity for that for that kid. Like if she could have got if she it was a, it was a female if she could have gotten to that that school, I mean, the sky's is the limits, you know. Um, and I say, you know what, I'm going to percentage of uh, the, the sales I make off of my public artwork and my artwork I sell online. I'm going to put that aside, and I have a couple of other people that I want to um, put some money in, and I'm going to offer. Uh, Scholarships to uh, uh, artists in the Coachella Valley if they want to go to that next level. But I think it's very important if you have an opportunity that you're able to uh, explore that opportunity and be the best version of yourself and really, really inspire, really get inspired and you know actually you know um, be able to create and be that person you want to be. And Mm -hmm. I don't think you should be hindered if you're putting something positive in the world. I don't think you should be hindered because. If you make it, then someone else will make it. So you never know who's watching you, and and you can inspire the next generation. So I think it's very important that we uh, help push that forward. So that's one of my main missions. uh, Ah, All right.
2: Tyson Knight is T-Y-S-E-N, Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. Check out his website. He's got some amazing stuff on there. Congratulations again for all your films. We'll talk about that next time. Your benches, your mentorship, you're really out there making a difference, and we need that these days. Thank you so much for being here. Continued success
3: thank you guys appreciate you guys thank you so much all right nice talking to you
2: have a great day we'll be back on the Culture Corner in just a minute
0: The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's the Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Culture Corner. We're going to get into some news right now. We're going to talk about the Batman now, The Batman is a upcoming 2021 movie. So, you know, you're not going to
2: It's see- called The Batman? Yes. Okay. The Batman. All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> not just Batman or mm. The Bat. It's yeah. The Batman. Batman. <laughs> now, th- you know, the interesting thing about this movie is that at first... It received a lot of you know questions because of the ar- actor in it Robert Patterson now mm-hmm. Robert Patterson he's really famous for Twilight, Twilight yeah and he's done independent work so if you haven't seen movies like The Lighthouse I recommend that one but you know The Lighthouse is one of those like independent movies that's kind of like really out there but it shows mm-hmm. that he can act mm-hmm. I think he's always been a good actor it's just that Twilight was based on a book series that maybe wasn't that great. I don't want to like... So he got kind
2: of typecast a little bit with that, I think, that y- role, right?
1: Yes. And in many ways, Batman actors, funny enough, they always get plagued with people assuming that they will think of the performance like... That they they know the performance. Like Michael Keaton, because he was a comedic mm-hmm. a- actor, a lot of people assumed he couldn't do Batman. Yeah. Christian Bale, because he was in Little Women in the mm-hmm. 90s, Little mm-hmm. Women. Oh, he can't do Batman. Mm-hmm. But they keep proving... It seems every time an actor they does Batman. They prove him wrong. Yeah. Right. And now the Batman, the production for it was halted because of COVID-19 before. Now, the first time it was obviously because everyone was the shutting shutdown. down. Yeah. And now that we're in this reopening stage, which, you know, whether or not you think it's too soon, I think most people will say it is too soon mm-hmm. to be reopening stuff, especially mo- film sets. Mm-hmm. Now. The Batman actually released a trailer a couple weeks ago, like less than a couple weeks ago, and it got a lot of love and reception from people. And people are really excited about Robert Patterson taking up Batman. Now, now, Robert Patterson has actually, according to Vanity Fair and according to a lot of um, Hollywood gossip sites or even news sites, actually, it's more specifically movie news, Robert Patterson got coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Warner Bros. has said that a member of production has coronavirus, and now they have to halt again. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, I I want Robert Patterson, first of all, just get better. Please get better. uh, Absolutely. We sound healing prayers, yes. And the fact is that I kind of feel for Robert Patterson because coronavirus, you know, when it hits you, it really does. And what I I kind of want to ask in this news segment is, would what what are some factors that could have led to this because the fact is that you know me for example me and you are in this space Mm -hmm. and we kind of have to put in great trust that me and you are Mm going to be safe outside Mm -hmm. of that so Mm -hmm. I wonder how film productions are going on right now because this is in England and I imagine and I really do imagine that everyone's kind of putting in blind trust that okay well I I assume Robert Patterson's going to not party and stuff. or I'm going to mm-hmm. assume no one else is going to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes you wonder, was he going to get coronavirus regardless if he was going to be on, fil- on the film set? Or is it because of the fact that there's so many people crammed into a film set and you can't put on a mask in a movie because you have to see someone's right, face? If you're,
2: right, yeah. I, I happen to think, my feeling is more the latter. I mean, when you have, in a film set, even if you have, let's say 20 people, I mean, that's a lot of individual people. Where has that person been who they've been hanging out with? Did they go to a big party last week? Did they wear a mask? Did they go to church? The more people you have together in a space, especially talking about a movie set and you're in England. So somebody could have just flown in from Spain or flown in from wherever. Then you're, I think the, number, the chances go way up in that kind of situation.
1: And I think it's especially unfortunate because the main actor got it. Now, Mm -hmm. a crew member, it's bad, too, because that means everyone's infected. But I think in this case, a lot of people are especially concerned Mm -hmm. because COVID-19 can, you know, you can be healthy. And sometimes because of a variety of factors, you can drop dead.
2: Well, who was the Broadway actor that first he lost a leg and then he died?
1: I think his name was Nick. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he was 30 something, I think. I don't know.
1: 30 something. I think he was young. Attractive. And then he just... There's
2: no guarantees. No, definitely
1: not. He was in a ventilator for months, and then when he died... And the funny thing is people uh, – not funny thing. The sad mm. thing is yeah. that a lot of people assume that, oh, well, you know, they haven't died and they've been on the ventilator for three months, they'll eventually get better. Not or, necessarily. No. no. And it's sometimes yeah. if you're on a ventilator for a week, you're more likely to survive that than yeah. being on a ventilator for three months. Yeah. And when
2: you're on – I mean, I've read things from medical people. Once you're on a ventilator, your
1: odds are not good. And the, fu- and the thing is, though, that – COVID-19 kind of strange is a very strange virus because when people compare it to the cold or the flu, I'm like, I never lost a leg to the flu. It affects
2: people in different ways. I mean, I've heard people say they had terrible headaches for three weeks. They have had stomach. People have different symptoms.
1: And for me, it's like, I wonder how he got tested positive because if he was symptomatic or Mm -hmm. I assume that they were doing testing. The fact is they should have done testing I think they should do testing if most every three days because that is
2: on a film set yeah absolutely
1: and and some people are trying to ask whether or not we can hold Warner Brothers accountable and you know I don't want to say that I don't want to say they should hold Warner Brothers accountable but we should kind of question whether or not it is too soon.
2: Yeah, and is the almighty dollar more important than people's lives? That's what it really comes down to.
1: That's true. And Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park movie that's coming out, they're filming, and they haven't had anyone with COVID-19, but they're filming in Australia, so we kind of have to think, you know... England is a hot spot too, yeah. just like the United States. So don't be filming in hot spots. I think is
2: some <laughs> advice, you know.
1: <laughs> and honestly, like I, I, I personally don't believe we should be filming at all. I, I think I think people can wait for the movies. And honestly, maybe social distancing movies and found footage. You know, yeah. we can try to be creative on that. Creative, yep, yeah, that's the key. And it'll even postpone movies for next year. But yeah, hopefully Robert Pattinson gets better. But. On the next segment, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk to Christopher Dew, so stay tuned.
0: You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza, talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California. Here's Brian and Bonnie.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Culture Corner. It's uh, Bonnie and Brian. (laughs) Uh, B&B. B&B. The Mm B&B. Not Airbnb, but the B&B. Now, I have Christopher Doe on the line now. He is a local artist, and he is a really good artist. I have been an admirer of his music. Uh, He used to do this thing called Christopher Doe and Chill on Sundays at 7 p.m. through Facebook because they were a... Successor to his stint at Stacy's, which would be Sundays at 7 p.m. and it would be a free event too. Now, do I have Christopher on the line? Yeah, I am right here. Hi, Christopher. Hey, Christopher. Thanks for being here. Hi. Now, hi.
5: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, Christopher, I was going to ask you, like, now let's get to the nitty gritty. Now, what are now what are some of the difficulties one artist, uh, you as an artist, have? during the pandemic, like financially or any difficulties that you have not having your regular gig on Sundays?
5: Um, well, uh, it's, it's, it's hard for me because uh, honestly, when I had Stacey's um, you know, they, they had a pretty good thing going for me. Um, I would get paid uh, nightly and um, I get a lot of solid tips because, um, you know, Palm Springs, people in Palm Springs are, you know, very bombastic and willing to just throw money at you if you're like, you know, a a decent entertainer at best. And, you know, I was always, you know, and, you know, the tips you don't really have to, you you just keep for yourself. (laughs) So like, you know, it's just kind of like you get paid and then you get tips. And sometimes the tips were amazing. And nowadays, you know, I, you know, every week I'm on unemployment now and every week I get not nearly as much money, especially now that you're not we're not getting that six hundred you know mm-hmm. and, and, um that added six hundred dollars a month uh anymore or actually a week yeah, so it's been kind of hard but um you know really it's financially um I'm hanging in there um i have actually had a very good friend of mine um he's actually also my landlord, and uh you know the rent's really low because of you know that we're friends together and and that's that definitely helps me a lot. So, um, but yeah, financially it's, it's pretty rough, but we're just hanging in there. All the musicians are until life performance starts kicking up again.
1: You know, the, that's the thing is that I've always liked your attitude towards things. Like I've always felt that you have a very positive attitude. Even when I listen to you talk about your difficulties, it still feels like you're trying to find silver linings. And that's one thing I've always (laughs) admired about you is that you try to look at the positives. Now, now as an artist, i noticed that a lot of times when you're on your personal facebook you do put a lot of me and you have disagreements on like how to unify people but like through your art how do you how do you unite how do you aim to unite people through your art
5: um that's a really interesting question um i've i don't i guess i don't really consciously think of that i what i what what the what's kind of allowed me to get a little bit more political when it comes to my art um, recently was the black lives matter movement um, I just I, I'm very passionate about the movement um, because of my friends but also because of the fact that I believe that the original message in the black lives matter movement has been lost and everyone's now just talking about all Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, and stuff like that. Well, yes, of course, but, but you're missing the point if you say that. You're, you, the people have always missed the point. It, and people saying All Lives Matter are just retaliating against Black Lives Matter when they don't really know what Black Lives Matter is really all about in the first place. It, it was about oppression against black people, and it does exist. And people are ignorant if they say otherwise. And so, sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to make any of your viewers mad or anything, but it's just what I believe uh, subjectively. I'm not going to try and, like, you know, convince anybody of, of, of my viewpoint because ultimately you have the right to, um, to uh, believe what you want. But um, that's kind of how I started writing a couple of songs, a little bit more politically. I wrote a song recently called Fight. Um, that was just uh, just kind of a charity song for um, Desert Rose Playhouse, and um, that was um, something that I had never thought I'd do because I ne- I never really liked putting politics in songs, but um, I just decided to do that. And I wrote an- another recent song that I released as a demo called Change, and it's kind of like a sort of um, I guess you could say like like a like a more sad song about about it. Um, kind of like, uh, it, will there ever be any change? You know, it's, it's sort of like the polar opposite to fight. Fight was all all motivating and inspirational, whereas change is kind of like, it's polar opposite, like, you know, oh, okay, well, I have all this hope and stuff. Is, is something really going to change? So I guess, I, I don't know, I, I whenever I write, I tend not to think about necessarily uniting people. I just kind of the best artists i believe really truly write from what they feel and what they think not necessarily what they believe their audiences will do it, it it's i don't know i i'm it, I, it's kind of it's strange to <laughs> to think of the process so um but yeah that's pretty much my answer <laughs>
2: Christopher i have a question for you about about writing and i'm always curious about this whether it's people mm-hmm. who write songs or novels or whatever are you do you just Right at the spur of the moment, do you wake up at three o'clock in the morning with an idea or do you sit down and say, you know, Friday from at 10 o'clock, I'm going to sit down and write something? Or is it kind of a mix of those two?
5: Oh, man, it's a mix of so many things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks for the question. I I, I I try and write whenever whenever inspiration hits. Um the process itself is really just all over the place. Uh, j- there's a song recently that um, I started writing lyrics first to, which I hardly ever do, but um, it, they just kind of flowed, and I and I didn't really look at it as a song at first. I looked at it as poetry, and then um, I kind of decided that um, uh, for my album, um, I'm going to do a really cool thing where I, I, I recite my poem in the beginning, and then music will kick in, and then there's going to be lyrics in this really cool jam out that my band is just gonna do. I want I wanna feature my band that way instead of just having me singing all the time, which which I love to do, but like <laughs> I I like to change things up a little bit. That's kind of how I like to write. Um also I don't like doing the same thing over and over. And um really I've written songs like from three AM all the way up till morning or I've written songs straight up in the morning all the way up till the afternoon and it really just kind of I don't know, I, I guess I guess there's no I I can't really give you a straight answer, honestly. That's uh, maybe, okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so
2: tell tell us about your band. Tell, tell us about who's in your band and what what when what kind of sound. How would you describe your music or what kind uh, type of music? If someone were to ask you that.
5: So my band is really cool. Um, so um, I go by Christopher Doe just on my own, um, uh, and you can check that out on Facebook as well. My name is spelled really weird, but I'm sure you guys can you know definitely. Uh, share your audiences that but then also um when I go um out and perform with my band we're called Christopher Doe and Friends um and my band is amazing uh my my bassist uh who is actually also my roommate and my landlord um he's an incredible guy who I met uh, a few years ago and we just kind of kept getting to know each other his name's Miguel Arbayo. Uh, he is a, an incredible um, actor as well. He's an incredible artist in general. He's, I, I, I believe that he's a true artist, which is why I love working with him, as well as my other band members. Um, um, my great friend, uh, Juan Estino, he goes by Razor J. That's his artist name. And he is the thickest guitarist I have ever heard out here. Like, I, Like, literally, like no holds barred he is the best guitarist out here he could literally shred anything you want and write anything he wants he also raps and Mm -hmm. he's very technical and very musical and it's just this incredible incredible experience whenever you watch Razor J and um I have I've worked with a couple of drummers out here um it's really hard to like get like a solid band going that will just stay with you, you know, be- especially because if you're just like a solo artist, like, you know, sometimes like pe- you have to sub people or sometimes, you know, people just won't be available. So I've worked with a few drummers out here, like uh, um, there's Eric Munez who just recently moved, Sean Poe, who's an amazing drummer. He drummed uh, for, I believe, Avenida Music, who's a cover band. He's drummed for the Flusters before. And um, a guy who I it's just recently, who I love working with now, I think Sean McCune. He's a younger guy. I think he's like 18 or 19. And he is an incredible drummer. So, um, and I also work with a keyboardist. He goes by Alfonso. Uh, I, I, I'm so sorry. His last name is so hard to pronounce, but <laughs> um, his name is Alfonso. Whenever I'm not, I don't want to do keys. He's a much better keyboard player than I am. So that, that's pretty much, I, I like, I really like working with artists I don't really like working with people who are just doing this as a hobby like this is my career and I kind of whenever I work with people I really want them to be the best of the best so uh
1: yeah I definitely agree with wanting to work with people at their strengths and what they're and and I like the fact that you said career as opposed to hobby because a lot of us like to say that you know we're artists and I think you know if you're an artist as a hobby that's valid too but there is like a big difference between someone like, I think a lot of times, like, when I see bands break up, it's because, honestly, one's a hobby artist and one's a career artist. Mm-hmm. So I really like the fact yeah. that you said that. And I wanted to ask about, I wanted you to tell tell our audience about your first Studio 8 EP that was released August 20th, right? Yeah, I think
5: so. Yeah.
1: Would you mind sharing some expectations or anything like that? What are some artists that are similar to you or something that, you know, like if someone ballpark sell us your album on here because i think you're such a great musician but for those of us who don't know tell us about that about that album anything you want to? sure sure of course so um i
5: released um my first ep a couple of years ago um i think it was yeah it was august in 2018 and um that album was kind of supposed to be a showcase of mostly my voice but also my writing capability um, I wrote um, a rock song called "Mastermind," and that was kind of like the opener to my album. It's one of my favorite songs. I still love performing it live, and it's always a killer. Uh, the audiences usually love it. And then, um, I, um, and then on that album, it's actually mostly ballads, and I, I, I love writing ballads so much. they're so intimate and they're so just they're just beautiful to listen to, and they can, they can make you cry, they can make you smile, they can make you there's so many different things that a ballad can do that they're so versatile. And that's what I like being is I like being versatile. So I guess what you could say about my sound is, Oh gosh. um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'd like to think of myself as like an R and B pop rock artist. Um, I, I think that's, that's like the best way to describe me. I'm, I am delving more into electronically produced sounds because I really think that, Especially nowadays, you can do anything digitally, and I kind of like I, I kind of like bands like Daft Punk or um, or if you had never heard of them before, Phantogram. Uh, um, they're my favorite band right now, and their production value on their songs is so amazing. Like every single frequency, every single every single uh, uh, drum beat, every single melody, uh, Sarah Barthold's voice. Um, Josh Carter's production, everything is just like it's pristine to me, and that's pretty much who I want. I kind of aspire to, uh, to one day I want to meet them and, and maybe even write a song with them. That that would be like my moment of saying, "Oh my God, I made it!" <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be so cool. So, I, and Michael Jackson's also a huge influence on uh, my voice and a little bit of my writing as well. But um, I'm definitely trying to to steer away from from. From trying to get compared too much to Michael Jackson, as, as 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 much of an amazing artist he was, I definitely get that comparison a lot. And so for this album I'm writing now, um, I uh, for a new album I'm writing, I definitely am trying to go into different alleyways and different um, ways of writing, I suppose.
1: Okay, well, thank you, Christopher, for joining us on this segment. We're gonna have to end. Thank, thank, thank you. you so much. For talking and hopefully we'll Absolutely. have you back on when things get better. Yeah,
2: hopefully be out there live soon. We hope. Keep our fingers crossed.
1: Yeah.
0: You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza, talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Culture Corner. We're going to go ahead and get into some news again. Now, AMC Theatres. Now, AMC Theatres is a really popular brand brand of movie theaters. And they have some locations here in California. And those locations in San Diego County are going to be relevant in this discussion. Because they are planning on opening 70% of theaters for the release of the movie Tenant that actually came out literally two days ago. So are
2: they open now? Yes. Okay.
1: Because um, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom in California specifically has like this plan where some counties can get off the watch list so they can reopen a little faster than others. So in San Diego County, they are now open, but at 25% capacity. and. I don't, and the details are a little weird because, like, I know that they got some backlash for not trying to push the mask agenda, quote unquote. So, do we,
2: are they requiring them now? We don't know for sure.
1: They are actually okay, requiring good. them now. Because, good. and the reason why I brought it up is that because they had a lot of controversy in the beginning because they felt that they didn't want to push a divisive narrative with masks, that they encourage masks, but they won't enforce it. But now they are enforcing it. And I think good. that, you know, if you're going to be open and you're going to go to the theater, the least you can do is wear a, wear mask. a mask exactly and you know I, I get the mindset of like would it be as much of a risk as going to the grocery store I say going to the grocery store is already a risk but you're not
2: there for two hours normally you're that, not at the grocery store for two hours and so. you can
1: avoid people easily yeah and at the movie theater the fact is like you can sit in a space with a couple people for two hours and if someone gets COVID there's a good chance within that two hours you're gonna get it because the droplets are gonna fly around yeah and you never know how the ventilation is because yeah, exactly it can be bad ventilation and the thing about the movie tenant is that it actually has a good reason to even try to be open and I mean a good financial reason not mm-hmm. necessarily a good ethical reason mm-hmm. but the new mutants a movie that is a collaboration with Disney and Fox well Fox made it and then they got owned by Di- they got bought by Disney it actually meant seven million dollars at the box office because it finally did a limited theatrical release yeah. and that includes drive-in theaters too. What? and drive-in theaters make way more sense now.:
2: I can't I, I'm glad they're finally doing them here. I'm surprised it took them this long to figure this out. Let's do some drive-in theaters, you know
1: and I think it makes a lot of sense because you're st- absolutely in your car safe. You got a space out where you park, you're sitting there with your family and it's a great and idea. And you can take off your mask while eating. Yeah, yeah. Now in the movie theaters in China, they don't even have concessions. So I can't can, get can, smart. And I yeah, that's really smart. I definitely agree with that. But it's like theaters are going to suffer a little bit because all, yeah. most movie theaters, their money comes from concessions a lot of money
2: from concessions, yeah. And yeah
1: you know, we like to complain about concession prices, but you know, there's kind of a reason why they're the yeah. prices that they yeah. are. And with New Mutants making $7 million, Tenet is a more highly anticipated movie, and it's a movie that has a lot of like Oscar buzz. What, but, what's the story? Who's in it? I don't know anything about it. Robert Patterson's in it. And oh, that's this, right. And the story is kind of like, I don't know how to describe the story because when you watch the trailers for it, it's more of one of those visually interesting movies. Tenant
2: like a tenant that's renting a uh, an apartment? Is no. That, no,
1: not like not like that one. I actually, yeah. At first I was like the tenant, like yeah. are we remaking the movie with yeah. the Roman yeah. Polanski movie? But it's basically a story that follows a secret agent as he manipulates the flow of time to prevent World War 3. Okay, well that sounds interesting, yeah. And I got it. and it and it stars Roman Patterson but John David Washington Michael Caine and Kenneth Branagh are in this too. That's a good cast. Yeah, It's a really good cast. And so for me, it it gets a lot of like, I want to see it, but Mm -hmm. I want to see it from the safety of my home right Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's the the fact is that AMC wants to reopen everything because they are the most of all the major trains. They are the ones that are struggling the most. They've actually said Earlier this year, they believed that they might even close go, down permanently. Go bankrupt, like, yeah, yeah, And they honestly want to be reopened. I get that. I get mm. that you're a big theater mm-hmm. chain, and you want to be able to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of like, I wish, like, I I, think we messaged each other privately. I wish there was a way for us to have, like, an arts bill where we can have Congress vote for the arts and Wouldn't be able to send money. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Safe. Like, they
2: bailed out banks and bailed out airlines and, Yeah.
1: The arts you know because the arts like The fact is that it's already Difficult to have a career in the arts And for a pandemic to kind of just Destroy everything it's kind of of Unfortunate uh, and
2: arts we've talked about Arts are one of the things that keep People sane during Trying times like this so It's it is important I mean it's Not is it as important as eating no But it is important
1: you know No I definitely agree and the thing would be that I almost wish that they did a thing with tenant Where They did the same thing with Mulan. Now, Mulan came out this week, too. But Mulan has a different strategy. Mm -hmm. If you have the Disney Plus app, you can get an upgrade called the Premier Access, meaning that you can buy Mulan. So you can
2: see it. Yeah.
1: You can buy Mulan for $30. Mm -hmm. Now, that's pretty steep. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty steep asking price. Because if you go to the movie theater, you are going to spend three bucks, but that also includes concessions. Right, right, right. So you buy it, and it becomes part of your streaming service Mm -hmm. permanently, from my understanding. But there's still controversy because the premiere access will automatically charge you for the next movie on that. And so I'm kind of I wouldn't like that. I'm kind of concerned because it's like I want to watch Mulan to stay updated and to talk about it on the show. But it's also like... Do do I want to kind of To be forced to buy all these other movies that yeah. they come out yeah. yeah and it's like 30 bucks Is an asking price especially, it's kind of steep. Yeah. especially for a movie that isn't getting a lot of big reviews But Tenant is getting great reviews mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thinking they can do something Similar not as steep mm-hmm. With HBO Max where people can buy the movie And have it on their streaming service And I hope they don't do what Disney did Which is make it to where they Automatically charge you and Yeah, that,
2: that People aren't going to like that no. no,
1: definitely not. And I personally would feel like I didn't want to get this other movie, too. And yeah, exactly. And for <laughs> and now Tenant, they could do it for that one. But it's one of those things where it's a difficult question. What do movi- what can movie theaters do? Because if they're not going to get help from Congress or get mm-hmm. help from like an outside source, I know a lot of movie theaters that are trying to do Mary Pickford, for example, they're trying to sell concessions like popcorn and mm-hmm. drinks and candy to stay afloat or they're reopening drive-in theaters. Or to
2: put a drive-in in your parking lot, you know?
1: And that's, and actually that I think the Mary Pickford theater are actually doing is, that right is now. He's doing that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really intelligent because not only are you bringing in the community together, distant of course, Yes, but you're also making money and mm-hmm. you're going to stay afloat and honestly bringing back the drive-in theater, could honestly be something that might unify some people might actually bring in some interest and, I think so yeah. and, and they might actually funny enough save a lot of the ones that are already established like the ones in 29 Palms or yeah the there's ones some old ones that have been sitting dead for years right and for me it's it's gonna if we are intelligent about this I think we can do a lot of good for the film community but I also believe that my heart goes out to a lot of employees and a lot of movie theaters and same with like um, regular a theaters. lot of people, yeah, yeah. So, but for me, it's also like it kind of leaves me in a weird position because I want to be helpful, but I also don't want people to get sick. Hello,
2: thank you, Brian. Yay, we did our first two-hour culture corner. Thank you to Robbie and to my sister Kendall and to Tyson and to Christopher. And uh, this is
1: really exciting. I'm Yay! really happy. It's such a fun episode. I really enjoyed all it. All right, everybody, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week. But be nice to each other. Gosh, we're all in this together. You know, be kind, be thoughtful. And do all the good you can for all the people you can and for as long as you can, because we we have less time. We have more life, but less time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. See you next week. See you.